My name is Jason Samard, and I am the founder of Sims Coaching Systems. I'm here with my co-founder, Joe Moretti, and we're here on the Seven Figure Real Estate Podcast, the podcast you didn't know you even needed. Everyone, get your notepads out. Let's go. We're going to bring you value week over week, and we're actually going to be a lot of fun, and we hope to make you laugh out loud. Subscribe to our channel. Check the content out. If you're looking to take this to a whole nother level, we got you covered. We're back, Joe Moretti. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you too. Feel like I—I uh, I actually saw you like every single. I've seen you seven days straight now. We hung out on the weekend. Saturday we didn't hang out, though, did we? No, we didn't hang out on Saturday. We hung out yesterday. Sunday. Oh, must have been a, must have been somebody else that I went to Old Navy with and helped them buy shorts. Oh, so, right. Yeah, you did help me with some shorts. Yes, you're right. I did see you every day. <laughs> every day. I'm, yeah. I'm glad it was memorable. I'm glad it was memorable. Man, we uh, we had some fun yesterday. So we took oh, our we teenage had some sons. My 14-year-old, my 12-year-old, and Joe's 15-year-old, and the yeah. five of us get together, and it's just ball-busting. Non-stop chirp. Doesn't stop. 11 hours straight. So <laughs> it was awesome. Went to an escape room. Of course, we all died. Yeah, but, we did uh, So there's five of us in this escape room, and what, what happened, man? Oh, man, these, these guys were completely useless. I don't think oh, they yeah. helped at all. No. I mean, I was like, guys, can you at least look like you're trying to do something to help? Um, anyways, we got close, but we didn't quite get where we needed to. Apparently we were, we were better than average. Better than average. That's, that's what they, that's what they say. Yeah, so is that what they say? That's, well, that's what, that's what, uh, Bonnie at the escape room said. She so, says I'm, I'm slightly I'm, above I'm, average. We were slightly above average, Thank you, but Bonnie. it was that last puzzle that messed us up. And, and to be honest, you and I screwed that up. We got, we were getting mad at each other at the end. Reading this one statement, looking for a hidden number, and it was right in front of our faces. Right in front of our faces. It was so obvious when she pointed out at the end that we were just like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I felt shame. I felt shame. I I felt shame. So, four was like, yeah, literally, F O R was in there. We read over it like 10 times. It's find a hidden number, and we couldn't figure out four. Yeah, we were like, well, it says it, it, it says free, free must rhyme with three. So, we're trying to put three in when it was clearly. Listen, I, I want to get into something right now. Shoot. So I was sitting there on the weekend with one of our business partners, and him and I love to look at offer situations together sometimes. Great guy, great agent. And we had a multiple offer situation on a listing. If you're listening right now, please pay attention, okay? I'm going to tell you what not to do in a multiple offer, mm. okay? So offer number one that we got, okay? I'm not going to specify what, what offer this was, but I'll say this. The person brought a time clause offer, so it was subject to the sale of a home, did not have a phone call with us, so did not call us, Yikes. didn't discuss dates, didn't discuss anything with us, sent the offer in with nothing to support it, nothing, just, just an offer. Offer number two didn't have a conversation with us either, didn't ask about dates and ask anything and just sent an offer in as well. And they were aware that there was an other, an, another offer on the table. Offer number three, at very least, called us, had a conversation, which is helpful. So they asked about dates and mm-hmm. talked a little bit about their client and you know, created a little bit of urgency and, and at least humanized their client. So this person stood out to the other two agents. However, again, with the offer lower deposit, didn't have a pre-approval letter, did not have proof of funds. Did, you know, they did have a bit of a sweetheart letter that sort of personalized the buyers a little bit, which is nice, but they had a conversation. So they mm-hmm. definitely outperformed the other two people. But at the end of the day, guys, it is so important that you can provide evidence to your offer. If you're a new agent, 
and you're bringing offers to people and you don't have your proof of funds that support the strength of it, that you don't have your pre-approval letter, you don't know the employment situation your people have and how stable it is, like that's important to talk to. Very important. Narrate the story. Tell tell the tell the other agent what type of buyers these are. Hey, they have mm-hmm. a young family. They're looking to buy into the home. They really humanize it. Humanize it. Personalize it, so that the listing agent can go and narrate a story to their clients. Ask the question. Hey, what do your sellers plan on doing once they move? This is important stuff because that listing agent might just give you some tips. They might say, "Well, they actually have an offer already accepted on a property." Okay, good. Well, what are the dates that they need? Already you know that now you're in a position mm-hmm. where these people need to sell, right? Get information from the listing agent. Ask the question, what ideal dates would work for your, your sellers? Let me work with you. Let me find common ground. Let me build a bridge, right? Do this stuff. Another thing you could always ask, hey, how do you plan to present the offer to your sellers? Why do you think that would be a good idea to ask that question, Joe? Man, again, like you're, you're, you're building your case. You're building your case, but here's why you want to ask that question. Well, I'm going to go meet with them. Oh, perfect. Well, is it possible that I could present my offer in person? My my buyers actually would prefer that I would present the offer in person. If I can get in front of the listing agent and their client and present my offer, my odds of that offer going up and getting accepted go way up because I can use things like inflection. Like for example, Joe, Mm -hmm. if I sent you a text message right now, just randomly out of nowhere, and I was just like, I love you. Whoa. That was the text message. Now you can read that and and you can decide how you want to interpret that. You might read that and, and say, I love you. Like, oh, okay. Like Jason's into me. Weird. You might not respond. You might be thrown off. You might be like, oh, okay. He loves me like a brother. Does, I, I don't know. But if I said to you, you know what, Joe? I love you, man. You see the difference? Like there's no way you're going to interpret that as a romantic love. It's like a brotherly love. Like I love you, man. Right? If I said to you, hey, Joe. I love but that's you. A, that's how you do say it though. So right. I, yeah. But you see the difference? I can use these tools in a negotiation. If you're struggling to get your buyers to write the appropriate offer, your sellers, go and meet with them. Go over the offer in person so you can be face-to-face and you can have conversations, right? And you can narrate things a little bit better and you can help them work through things. It blows my mind, Joe. Out of 10 offers that we would receive, I, I'm ashamed to say this, but... I'm never impressed, ever, 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 ever impressed with any offers that I get from agents. And I'd love to say that it's just new agents doing that, but I think that it's just agents with bad habits. I think everybody does that. Like it's the offers that I talk to our agents about, like that's the majority of of what comes in, which is unfortunate. It truly is because I think a lot of people miss out on some amazing opportunities just due to lack of process, lack of skill, lack of training. For a lot of the agents that are out there, right? Like it's like they, you know, give it a flush, see if it goes down mentality. It's, and how often does that work out for anybody? It doesn't work out well. Here's the thing. There's not a lot of training. Agents don't have a clue. They're not taught this stuff. What do you think we're teaching our agents? We're always teaching them. Be mm-hmm. prepared. Narrate the story. If you're a brand new agent and you want to be taken seriously by the listing agent, make sure you cover all your bases. All, have an answer to every single question that they would have. Be a step ahead. Make it so they literally have nothing to ask you. Pick apart the house too. That's another big one. If it's a house that you can visibly see needs a little love and there's some wear and tear, talk about those things up front with your buyers and then talk about that in the offer. Joe, just so you know, we can see that the roof is going to need to be replaced in the next few years. We've factored that into our offer. We're aware that we can visibly see that. We can see that the outside fascia boards of the house definitely are going to need some attention. 
we can see that the furnace is going to need to be serviced. We can see that the hot water tank is 14 years old, will need to be replaced. We see this. Just so you know, we have factored that into our offer. The reason we have an inspection clause in there is just in case there's some hidden things that we can't visibly see that it would be important for my buyers to know. I want to protect myself and of course my buyers. I've already prepared them too as well, Joe, that, hey, listen, there may be some mold in the attic from a ventilation issue, right? Pretty common with this type of property. I've prepared my buyers that that is the possibility. So there's nothing about this this deal here that you need to stress about. Like we've, I've already am five steps ahead on everything. I've prepared my clients. They're super handy. So if there are things that come up, we've had the conversation. This is why we factored in the offer that we did today. I want you to look really good to your sellers and I want this to be a very seamless process for you. So although we're firmer on price, Joe, we can be flexible on dates. We can mm-hmm. be accommodating to help, you know, work with your sellers. Does that seem fair and reasonable? Seems fair and reasonable, Jason. Perfect. Awesome. Another thing too, by asking questions of the listing agent, let's just say that he's like, well, my clients haven't found a house yet. Hmm. And say you're in a seller's market, you're in a category where people are a little bit stressed about that. Well, I'll tell you what, right? One of the things that we could do is write an offer. So when I'm talking to my clients, if I know that they have flexibility, why don't we negotiate an offer that gives them more time with the ability to adjust the time up should they find an appropriate place where they need to have different dates? Mm -hmm. Let's give them that. Let's maybe propose a rent back option where they can actually rent back so they could have a quick close on their house rent back the home for a period of time where at least you guys are collecting some income from it. They have their cash in hand and they can go and negotiate a property. Let's anticipate what their issues are. And the only way I'm going to know that from a strategy standpoint as representing the buyers is by having a conversation with the listing agent. Now I can problem solve an issue that you have because one of the issues you're going to have as a listing agent, Joe, is when you sit down with your clients, they're going to be stressed if they don't have a place to go to. How can I alleviate that? Mm-hmm. right? We could talk about that on the conversation. So, Hey, listen, they don't have a place to go. So let's just say I bring you this offer and your people panic. What's their plan B? Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What's that conversation look like that you've had with your sellers? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, I mean, get, get those details out. And it's, like I said before, it's just, it's so difficult when you're out there writing offers and you're not putting these pieces together. It's almost impossible. It's, it's very difficult. At the end of the day, be prepared. If you were standing in front of a judge and that judge had to look at your evidence to support your case for your offer, do you have your basis covered? Don't just say they're pre-approved. Everybody says Mm -hmm. that. I want evidence. Proof. Proof. Where's your proof? Right. Where's your proof? Show me. Show me proof of your down payment. If you say they have 500,000 they're putting down, show me that. What does that look like? Where's that coming from? right? If you're doing a lower deposit, what's your explanation for it? Mm -hmm. Address that. Hey, Joe, I know that I came in with a $10,000 deposit. I want you to understand the reason for that is my client's money is tied up in the sale of their home, which by the way, is sold unconditionally and they have 700,000 after all expenses and everything else that they're going to get from the proceeds of that house. That's what they're using towards this purchase price. So although I know it does seem like we're light on the deposit, that is why I wanted you to understand that. So I'll tell you, we're like, right now we're scratching the surface of buyer's process, seller's process. There's going to be a lot of people that are listening to this and they're going to say, you know, wow, I, I, I just didn't, I, I didn't know. Where can people go to learn these processes? Well, I mean, listen, there's there, most coaching programs out there are going to teach you how to generate business, which we're big fans of. That's Absolutely. important. Yeah, 100%. 
But most places aren't going to teach you the skills-based stuff. You might learn that if you join the right team. Check out our Sims Academy. I mean, honestly, I, I, I hate to promote it, but I mean, I don't hate to promote it because I know how good it is. Like, mm-hmm. it will make a massive difference. We train agents to be elite. Not like great, but elite. Top 0.01% agents of their craft. We want them to be able to have longevity in their careers and by being outstanding agents. Mm-hmm. You start building a brand. When you start writing good quality offers and you are somebody that people want to work with, they will bend over backwards to look to work with you. You will win more op- uh, opportunities as well, multiple offers than, than you'll lose because of the fact that they know and have confidence that you pull your deals through. That's really, really important because things do come up. Mm-hmm. And the more you can prepare for those things ahead of time with your buyers and you can communicate that to the listing agent, the better deals you're going to do. Love it. Yeah. Learn to narrate stories. There you go. Never allow the buyer and the seller to create a story because they're always going to take the most adversarial position with the other party. And you do not want that. Beauty. Okay. Awesome, guys. That's hey, make sure you guys subscribe to our podcast. Uh, check us out, Sims Coaching Systems. This is our passion. Like, we love this stuff. We do this every single day. Uh, for me, it's a lot of fun to help create elite level agents. And I hope that you guys got some value from today's episode. Jason Samard show today. Sorry, Joe. <laughs>